everyone, to the Talking Reef Podcast. Questions and comments are always welcome. Please send them to podcast at talkingreef.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.talkingreef.com. Now here's the show. Welcome to the special reef-keeping edition of the Talking Reef Podcast, the weekly talk show that brings you topics and discussions on marine and reef aquariums. Every week I'll bring you a topic on marine fish and reef-keeping, and once a month I'm going to bring you an interview with a columnist from a reef-keeping magazine found at reefkeeping.com. This week we have another special guest joining us, Dr. Sanjay Joshi. Sanjay is one of reef-keeping's well-known authors and resident expert on lighting and lighting systems, specifically metal halide lighting and reflectors. He is a professor of industrial and manufacturing engineering at Penn State University, where he has taught since 1987. Sanjay has published several articles in magazines such as Marine Fish and Reef Annual, Aquarium Frontiers, Aquarium Fish, and Advanced Aquarist. And today he is here to talk about the first article in a series he is doing for reefkeeping.com about lighting. In this article, he will cover the basic scientific information of lighting. Sanjay, welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. Excellent. Now, um, we're here to talk about the the lighting article. Can you uh, explain why understanding the fundamentals of lighting is so important to reef keepers? Yes, sure. Uh, As a reef keeper, we are trying to keep corals that are photosynthetic. And that means that these corals need light in order to produce the food from the light. So lighting is a very important aspect from the survivability of the corals themselves. Additionally, the lighting provides a visual element of color. So when we look at our corals, we're going to see different colors, and lighting plays a very important role in how we perceive colors and how the tank looks. So various different types of light are going to give different you know, visual sense. It's going to make the tank look a little bit different, and the importance for... Uh, the corals to actually produce food from that light. Right. Excellent. Now, what you're doing here is you're going to be writing a series of articles for the Reef Keeping Magazine. Um, the series is titled Facts of Light that you're going to be doing. Now, what is the purpose of this article and what do you try to, or these series of articles, and what, do you, what is your main goal that you're trying to accomplish for, you know, with all these articles for the magazine? Yeah, over the last few years, I've been testing a lot of light, uh, lamps and collecting data on different lamps. And I've been giving talks about lighting all over the country. And I always run into a lot of basic questions about light that people ask me. I get emails every day about basic questions about lighting, and I figured this might be a good way for me to put all the information in one single series of articles which people can then reference if they had any questions about just the basic fundamentals of lighting. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I know uh, doing the show here, lighting is one of the things that uh, the questions have come up about, and it's something that I've wanted to do a series of shows on also. Um, but lighting is such a, a complex topic. It's really it's really been a little bit difficult for me to find a good starting place. And and then when I saw that this article was coming out, I thought this was a great place to start. Right, as, a, as an aquarist, I mean, there's so many different choices right now. You can go with metal halide. You can go with uh... P5 fluorescence, you can go with VHOs, and if you're a starting aquarist, it gets really confusing very quickly. 
Yes, I remember and, when I was starting, it was it was very confusing to look at all the different components and try to figure out which one applied. So, in your articles, are you going to go? In, you know, in the later um, later articles, you're going to go into the details of the different types of lights and stuff like that. Yes, eventually I'll get into different types of lighting and what their differences are. But initially, I'm going to start talking about just what is light, what is the terminology that's used to talk about lights and try to basically educate the aquarists about simple concepts of light first and then gradually build on that so they can actually understand and read spectral plots. They can uh, maybe even read some of the scientific literature when it comes to corals and where they talk about lighting and so on. Excellent. And now that we've kind of covered a little bit about why light is so important to reef keepers, both new and uh, experienced. Let's take a minute uh, to discuss exactly what light is, specifically um, some of the basic elements like uh, the wavelength uh, to light and its energy. Okay. Uh, if you were to think about light as a physicist, you would probably think of light as a form of electromagnetic energy. And physicists have studied electromagnetic energy for a long time. And one of the ways they characterize energy, it, electromagnetic energy, is by its characteristics of wavelength. So the energy in light is related in some way, and I'll talk more about how it's related in the articles, but it's related to the wavelength. And since light is a form of energy, we really want to think of light differently. We want to think of it as since it's providing energy to the photosynthetic animals, we want to look at how it's providing that energy. So light for a reef keeper should be looked at in terms of photons. And photons are little packets of energy that are contained in the light. And when these photons land on the corals, they start a photosynthetic reaction. So as an aquarist, we are concerned about light as in terms of photons. And photons being packets of energy, wavelength plays a large role in how much energy is contained in the photon. So I don't want to get into too much more detail in here about defining wavelength, but in general, if you were to look at the ripples of water in a pond, and you look at the distance between two crests of the ripples, and that distance really is the wavelength. So this ripple is traveling across the pond as a wave, and the distance between two crests is the wavelength. The so, photons do the same thing. They kind of travel in a wave, and the wavelength there is very, very small. We were talking in the order of nanometers, which is about a billionth of a meter. So that's how we measure the energy in photons. And if you think about the various photons that we are interested in in photosynthesis, they range anywhere from 400 nanometers to 700 nanometers. Photons also create the sensation of color in our eyes. So a red, a photon that has a wavelength of 700 nanometers would appear red to our eyes. A photon that had a wavelength of 400 nanometers would then appear violet to our eyes. And white light would just basically be a combination of all these photons. So basically you go through and you, you measure the amount, the 
the w difference in the wave crest and you basically come up with uh, the wavelength of the light and now that has some correlation to uh, the, the energy the amount right. of energy in it now th and that's important because you know during photosynthesis your corals are pulling the energy out of there so right and also it's important because when you look at light when it penetrates in the water you'll notice that some of the red light disappears before the blue light disappears mm -hmm. it gets absorbed in the water right and part of it has to do with the amount of energy the red light has lower energy so it doesn't penetrate as far deep in the water Gotcha, and that makes sense, and why we concentrate a lot more on the on the blue light and the spectrum, and a lot of the lights and the actinic lights and stuff like that. So that kind of helps. Well, that's part of part of the re the reason why people think it's important to put more blue light. Mm, see, there we go. That's why you're doing this article. <laughs> okay, now, it may not necessarily be true, mm -hmm. but at least that's that's been some of the thinking in the past. Gotcha. But a coral that's sitting five. 10 meters underwater is still getting a lot of red light. Okay, excellent. Now, um, well, I think that pretty much covers uh, some of the basic components of light and how it works. And, and of course, to get all the details to this, um, and, you know, a lot more details are involved here, uh, please make sure you go and you check out Sanjay's article over at reefkeeping.com. So, Sanjay, could you take a moment and kind of highlight uh, the next part of the series and what we all have to look forward when you do your next uh, article? Yeah, over the next few articles, I'm not sure how many there will be, probably six or seven or even more, depending on how much time I have to write these. <laughs> but we'll start looking at the... Now, once we understand how basic photons are described, we'll start looking at how we generate them by different light sources. And one of the things we'll find is that it doesn't matter how a photon is generated. You know, it, it basically... If it's a red photon, it's going to have the same energy that it would have if it came from a metal halide light or it came from a candle. Gotcha. So we'll look at how the photons are generated, how these photons are actually distributed. How When a light source, how many photons is it giving out at different wavelengths? All right. So that really helps us characterize a light source. So, for example, a 10,000K, you know, might have more photons in the blue com than compared to the red and so on. Right, right. And then we represent this information in the form of a, what's called a spectral plot. And I'll explain how to read the spectral plot. So that way we can then look at these spectral plots and we can compare different lighting. Excellent. So that would help uh, us as, as reef keepers when we... When you look, a, a lot of some manufacturers, and I, I think I know what you're referring to with the spectral plot. I know a lot of sites that sell these different types of lights will sometimes include um, these plots, and then a lot of research sites that'll that are testing different types of lights have those right. plots. So my, my, you know, the site that I created has, I think by now maybe about 700 different spectral plots of different lamps and ballasts that I've tested, and there is a lot of confusion about how to read these and. So I figured this this would actually help people understand how to read those spectral plots. Excellent. Did you want to give a plug to that website so people could go and, and get some additional information there also? Let's see if I can remember. I can't remember the address of the top. Okay. Of my well, head. I'll tell you what. For anybody that's interested, we will we'll work to get that address into the show notes of this episode so people can go there and, and pull some different information. 
Right. Um, so, well, that sounds great, and I uh, I thank you very much for joining us this week, and I look forward to having you back on future shows and to reading the future articles that you you're going to be putting out. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's really been it's interesting. I learned about this uh, podcast now too. So, yeah, it's it's been fun doing it, and we've got to, I've got a chance to talk to a, a lot of interesting people and and get a chance to learn a, a, a lot of new stuff. So it's it's been good, and there's been a lot of people out there that have been enjoying it. So um, I know it'll be it's it's been appreciated by me that you you took the time, and I'm sure it'll be appreciated by uh, all the people that are listening too. So. Again, I do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get to talk to you soon on one of your future articles. All right, great. Hey, if you have any other any other questions or anything, I'll be happy to do another one. This is uh, kind of easy to do. So, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you. All right. Again, that was Dr. Sanjay Joshi discussing his upcoming reefkeeping article on the fundamentals of light. This article and many others can be found in the February issue of Reefkeeping Magazine. Other reefkeeping highlights this month. Uh, this month's this month's feature article, Cyrilinid Isopod Capture Techniques, Feeding Habits, and Mortality Testing, uh, by Brian Plankus. Cyrilinid isopods are unwelcome parasites in the marine aquariums that are poorly studied and difficult to remove. In this article, Brian reports on his battle with them and discusses a variety of observations that, hopefully, will help other aquarists remove them from their aquariums. Another article that you can find in this issue of Reef Keeping that should be of particular interest to many people is the Reef Alchemy article uh, by Randy Holmes Farley titled An Improved Do-It-Yourself Two-Part Calcium and Alkalinity Supplement. This article provides an improved do-it-yourself recipe using inexpensive ingredients to make a two-part additive system for supplementing calcium and alkalinity. Uh, should be uh, a great read for everybody. And of course, don't forget the regular favorites like Reef Slides and the, t- the Reef Keeping Top 10 list. This one is Top 10 Unexpected Skills You've Learned from Keeping a Reef Tank. And that's all for this month's Reef Keeping edition of the Talking Reef Podcast. Check out the Talking Reef website and subscribe to the feed to hear all the great Talking Reef podcasts. For all the information, visit www.talkingreef.com. I will talk to you next month with another great interview from Reefkeeping Magazine.